Mabel Chung and Alex Law make their Jackie Chan movie, but it's the story of his parents and China's turbulent history in feature form. My name is Kenny B, with me is Tom KW, and this is the Director Series 34 on Mabel Chung's A Tale of Three Cities. And that was the same intro as on the Traces of a Dragon episode, only with a not-so-subtle tweak, because that was a documentary. But, and in a prior discussion, in that prior discussion, uh, uh, maybe in that episode, I personally was going by gut feeling and saying that A Tale of Three Cities weren't about, uh, it's probably or rather, probably not going to be about Jackie Chan's parents, uh, parents during turbulent times and their romance, but perhaps about other fictional characters in the same historical circumstances, just talking right out of my bottom. <laughs> I don't remember you saying that. I don't, I don't remember at all. Well, it was completely wrong because the Tale of Three Cities really is the feature extension to the Traces of a Dragon documentary and definitely, definitely about Jackie Chan's uh, parents as played by Lao Ching-Wan and Tang Wei, two uh, good-looking people to, um, to, uh, to portray, uh, uh, portray uh, courageous people in love, I suppose. And this is the final episode in our Mabel Chung and Alex Law director series. We paired them up since they are life and creative partners. And across seven episodes, including this one, we will have covered ten features, most of which were directed by Mabel, one documentary and two short films. So uh, there's a back catalogue for you to listen back on uh, even before uh, you conclude this episode. Uh, but uh, certainly if you want to do the entire series in one big uh, chunk, then it's going to be available to you. So let's do some brief contact information before we get into this uh, finale of it all. So this is the director series on the podcast on Fire Network. And as I said, our back catalog covering other directors such as David Chang, Kirk Wong, Nam Night Choi, Ringo Lam, of course. All that is available in our back catalog on podcastonfire.com. We also do bonus episodes on um, specific uh, topics and content that we deem uh, sort of a little cool uh, well, literal cool bonus episodes to add to those who, who followed the entire content to add a little website exclusive extra extra jab. Then uh, the, we, we do that and uh, it's available uh, to you on the website. If you have any questions or feedback, uh, let us know. Podcast on fire at googlemail.com. Let us know what you thought of this particular uh, more dramatic, uh, dramatically tinted series, I suppose. And um, let us know what you thought of uh, stuff in the past. Uh, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook. We have a Facebook group called Podcast on Fire Network. We have a page. We have a Twitter account. It's called Podcast on Fire. And uh, all that good stuff will be linked to in the show post. And I write about a variety of Hong Kong and Taiwanese movies on my website. So goodreviews.com. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts. Stream us on Stitcher Radio and Spotify and wherever you get podcasts. You can get other podcasts on the Getting Podcasts uh, platforms and that includes the one that tom hosts what's your podcast called tom nice segue that was man um you can take a breath now ken that was very impressive uh the log logs apparently last time i checked was the name of the podcast i'm doing that i'm cheating uh we're cheating a podcast on fire on uh and yeah you can do the same thing for that as ken just said with the other places 
and you review uh, alcohol. Is that it? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we, we we try. We, we try very hard. It's, we're uh, currently on, uh, I wouldn't say hiatus. We're currently just having our kind of... Uh, you dry, you're drying yourselves out. Is that it? Yeah, drying ourselves <laughs> out, yeah. It's been, it's been a tough season, Ken. It's been really jumping tough. On, jumping on the H2O for a couple of months exclusively. Uh, yeah, man, we're coming in, coming strong with season three. Hopefully, towards the the end of August, um, August September time. So uh, yeah, all all go. But the Instagram at the moment is doing, I think, pretty well. A lot of people seem to be interested in it. Very interesting pictures of uh, beer and other beer related materials. So yeah, check that out. It's, um, at the Lager Logs on all your social media as well. The website is lagerlogs.com. And you have a little uh, little link tree there on uh, on the site as well, where you get all your um, content in. Um, uh, Thank so. you, Ken. I love links and I love trees, so combining them, stroke of genius. Cool. Well, uh, for for once, like a very short, to the point, concise plug. Like you didn't get lo- you didn't lose yourself <laughs> in your story again. Like uh, you you <laughs> were you, you've been you've been working on this plugin thing. I can hear. I've been working on it definitely man i put the homework in it's not to do with the fact that she's been telling me off for blowing every chance of promotion that i get that's nothing to do with it it's just a personal feeling inside that i want to make sure i'm doing the best job i can well uh, i can hear you improving so that's very that's very good okay, you're very, um, uh, very sharp uh, uh, so the log looks uh, get it folks because uh, I, I i i didn't notice but i should have got i uh, should have guessed that uh, there's a community of uh, beer uh, beer podcasts i'm sure there's a, a youtube beer reviewing channels as well so uh, there, there's a passion for this uh, that's uh, pretty cool like uh, you, you tapped into something that i really didn't think about in terms of uh, does this exist or not but of course it does because it's the internet and people are doing creative things uh, with it uh, including you guys so that's very cool we're trying, man. We're trying. But yeah, there's a quite a fairly large community out there at the moment and uh, a lot more podcasts than I than I realize uh, devoted to beer. So it's nice to kind of have a little bit of a community now and kind of sp- spread the love. So uh, yeah, if you want to be a part of it, jump on now. Um, mainly, I say the Instagram. We do have Twitter as well, but the Instagram's kind of where it's at. Was that your first choice, that name? Uh, or did you go through names and like, uh, let's see if it's taken? Damn it, it's taken. Or the Logilogs was one and only name choice. I think we had a few. We had a handful, but that was the one that was probably the worst. So we went with that one. <laughs> well, um, I'm not proud of my like original website name. Uh, you know, <laughs> SoGoodReviews.com, but I stuck with it. Um, I, I I tell this story. It's based on that Lewis Koo and Lao Ching Wan comedy where they make uh, they work at a bra company. And Lao Ching Wan continually in the movie, like uh, when he's uh, ex- excited that this is a dream job. So good, he says in English. So good. Man, so. I think I'm certain that, uh, that was a trivia question on one of the podcasts and Fire Christmas specials. One, one, once in in the past, I, <laughs> I'm certain. If not, you gotta you gotta put that on the next uh, quiz quiz night. Well, uh, you keep your finger uh, on the buzzer until uh, it happens. Uh, you got one you, one point in the bank already here. That's all I'm asking for. I just, I just need one point, please. Well, cool. Well, uh, we'll link to your podcast. Let's do a rundown uh, of what's to come here in the finale episode to the Mabel Chung and Alex Lord Director series. 
First, we'll talk a little bit of the um, yeah, sort of a previously unheard of and unlisted credit belonging to Mabel Chung. Um, I, I didn't know this. I found it by accident, really. We'll uh, then talk and review the 2015 short movie of Story of O that Mabel Chung directed as an online short movie. Then, in the tale of Free Cities section, we'll talk... Uh, about a little bit about uh, the film's uh, real life and production background. There will be some notes uh, on the blacklisting of actress uh, Tang Wei, uh, not via this movie, but in an earlier movie. Uh, the box office reception to um, Tale of Three Cities, and we then conclude the series by reviewing that very film. So we'll uh, we're gonna get into the short movie uh, in a little bit, but. Uh, there's one career note of Mabel Chung's that I haven't mentioned, but at the same time I can't confirm it. Uh, it turned out they had a wiki, or wiki rather. Uh, I found a movie listing next to her name from 2017. Again, her last directed film is is this movie, A Tale of Three Cities, uh, which is from 2015. Um, specifically, that listing was for the Chinese war drama In Harm's Way, aka The Chinese Widow, aka The Hidden Soldier. Uh, this movie was directed by Danish filmmaker Bille August, who directed Pelle the Conqueror, the Max von Sydow movie. And uh, this uh, Chinese widow stars uh, Emil Hirsch and Liu Yifei, which is the star of Mulan. Ah, okay. Uh, Mabel is credited with co-writing the screenplay with uh, a gentleman called Greg Latter, but she's only listed uh, on, on Wikipedia and not Internet Movie Database. I can't confirm what the actual movie says, but my very loose theory, again, I've been wrong. I've been wrong already, uh, as I've said. Uh, I think she might have had a hand in writing the Mandarin dialogue for the film. Hmm, very interesting. So, so, so I'm thinking if she turns up, maybe it's in the credits. No, not before the movie starts, but uh, the, the, the end credits. There might be, you know, additional writing, uh, Chinese dialogue by, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, definitely. It's my guess. So Could be um, one to check out another bonus episode. I'm free. It's a good idea, actually. Uh, it, it didn't look like terribly super special, but didn't look terribly inept either. And Bill August is a good filmmaker. And uh... So on to the short movie, The Story of O. It shares the name with a famous French erotic novel from the 1950s. But don't think for a second that Mabel Chung and Alex Law have gone off the deep end and uh, started making like way different content, adult uh, content, because... The content that uh, sort of describes the book most definitely does not turn up in this uh, 15-minute short film. So what what's in the book? I did this to amuse myself, really. But what's in the book, story of all? Uh, it's a tale of female submission involving a beautiful Parisian uh, fashion photographer named O, who is taught to be constantly available for oral, vaginal, and anal intercourse, offering herself to any male who belongs to the same secret society as her lover. She is regularly stripped, blindfolded, chained, and whipped. Her anus is widened by increasingly large plugs, her labium is pierced, and her buttocks are branded. Sounds like a hoot. wonder if they made a movie uh, about this. It sounds like uh, the most graphic movie ever next to, like, Solo or something like that. That was Solo. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, there's been a couple of adaptions of it, as, as far as I know. It's quite a, uh, a famous book. Yeah, so it's a, it, it sounds like a, if you're going to do it, then do it. Like, uh, don't uh, yeah. uh, don't uh, water it uh, water it down. But the story of O that Mabel Chung directed has nothing to do with the book. Uh, and uh, in, in terms unfortunately, of, it would have been different. It would have been very off brand. <laughs> let's just say that for for these two. Uh, but uh, this uh, story of O, the short movie, uh, it stars Arif Lee from Echoes of the Rainbow and singer Yo Yo Sham. Arif Lee finds a USB stick in a bottle. It's a modern story, kid. Uh, it contains a video of an incomplete song that the sender wants help to complete. 
So let's, it's a 15 minute short movie. Obviously, we're going to get this uh, done in under 30 minutes, this uh, discussion. <laughs> it's a Yoku uh, original short film, so it's available online with English subtitles, written and produced by Alex Law, directed by Mabel Chung. You know, and uh, it's classic because it's a message in a bottle, but it's modern. There's no paper in there, there's a USB stick. The movie's very elegant, pristine. There's voiceover about uh, that the world contains uh, circles, uh, and it stars impossibly pretty to people and also by being short there, there's no need to ponder whether Arif Lee should pick up the guitar and complete the song like he goes to work and also it's contrived to the point where and, and so fairy t- tale in style that he throws back the bottle with the song on the USB uh, and that uh, that reaches the uh, Yo Sham character and therefore they meet at a bar where she plays the complete song you know it's 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 fast tracked stages of love that then that then leads into a little bit of drama due to them um, possibly going to be a uh, be a part due to his career choices it all looks very nice and sounds lovely and uh, you know there's nothing wrong with depicting the circus of love um, and uh, wanting to sort of complete that loop and then keep going and keep going it's harmless good-hearted but nothing particularly challenging or affecting and uh, affecting and to be honest i like when these two are more matter of fact with their message and their story i'm not always looking for symbolism and i'm, I'm this kind of gets stuck in that o symbolism the circle symbolism and i i didn't really care for that to be honest uh, i would have just liked a very a little bit more straightforward romantic uh, short film so yeah it's hard to really rate it to be honest because it, it feels more like a dozen Nescafe commercials <laughs> together rather than it does a short film but I know what you, you're saying Ken I kind of I, I could see kind of it was it was definitely uh, beautifully shot looked good and again it's, it's it's sweet enough but yeah I mean I think it probably tries to have some deeper meaning or you know with the symbolism and it just doesn't doesn't quite work uh, you know with with the runtime. Yeah, I wonder if it, if if ninety minutes would have been something for this story, but uh, it's, it's a little. It's just something I can't possibly wrap my head around that to 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 uh, to, to sort of wrap this story in uh, the symbolism of the circles and it's a story of oh of, oh that's a circle and uh, and 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 you know you know at the end there's a there's a ring in the frame and that's a circle as well so i, I don't know i they're really good at writing straightforward stuff they're really good at it. and and i think uh, this is not their territory necessarily you know if you think back on an autumn's tale and painted faces and things like that rather straight drama is for me uh, uh, this is the writing uh, that's not really for me to be honest so yeah it feels a bit more kind of uh, a bit more sappy than Alex and Mabel really well uh, more than they kind of portray really in terms of their writing or directing it feels a bit yeah a bit more it's kind of going for something a bit more maybe poetic and a bit more kind of I don't know deeper um, than a basic love story but I, I don't think it quite hits the mark but it's it's very hard to judge a uh, you know a, a 15 minute was 12 minute 15 minute short film very very hard to kind of judge it but I, I'd check it out just to um, you know if you're a com- completionist and you want to kind of make sure you've seen every film in, in their filmography and, and, and you certainly can because uh, it's um, it's available with English subtitles on YouTube via the Yoku, the Yoku movie channel. And that's an official upload. On that channel, you find many of these uh, like hour-long 
mainland Chinese uh, CG monster features. They do a lot of those nowadays, and that's also official. That's uh, the story of O. Let's move on to the uh, Tale of Free Cities from 2015 and its section. And plot, first of all, from the Love HK film review of the film. Uh, the title of the film refers to the cities of Wuhu, Shanghai, and Hong Kong, which Fang Daolong, played by Lao Qingwan. I have a problem with the fact that he's credited as Sean Lao nowadays. I, I don't really stand by that decision. Everywhere, yeah, <laughs> I see it. Honestly, yeah, I see it everywhere now. It's interesting. Yeah, but uh, regardless, uh, Fang Daolong, Jackie Chan's father, is played by Lao Qingwan. And uh, the uh, the mother, Shen Yu Rong, is played by Tang Wei, which uh, Fang Daolong and Shen Yu Rong, uh, they travel between these cities as they evolve from acquaintances to lovers before becoming refugees of the Chinese Civil War. After establishing that uh, Daolong is working in Hong Kong in 1951, sans his beloved Yu Rong, the film flashes back to the Sino-Japanese War. Uh, recently widowed, uh, Yu Rong is raising uh, two girls along with the help of her mother, played by uh, Elaine Cam, while Dao Long is a nationalist army officer with two sons. Uh, the two meet when uh, Yu Rong, desperate uh, to support her family, attempts to smuggle opium and Dao Long catches her in the act. He lets her go, but a further connection is established when it's revealed that the two are distant relatives. Uh, their families meet, Brady Bunch style. <laughs> and a few scenes, uh, that's a low HK films uh, writing and not uh, my quip. Uh, in, in, and a few scenes later, the two are together and uh, planning to be married, obviously. The movie has more drama than that. And if you've seen Traces of a Dragon, some of these beats are uh, familiar to you because uh, obviously uh, uh, Alex Law wrote the script based on the life experiences. Uh, uh, so um, and and they got those uh, life experiences told to them while making the documentary about Jackie Chan's father and mother and their life uh, throughout uh, turbulent uh, history. That was the documentary Traces of a Dragon, and we've done an episode on it that we'll link to, and it's going to be on uh, podcastonfire.com, obviously. And the, the era uh, discussed, you know, uh, would be like uh, the 1930s, around the time of the Second Sino-Japanese uh, War. Uh, separation between the two happened uh, during the Chinese Civil War in the 1940s and the reunion happened in 1950s Hong Kong uh, with their children from prior marriages uh, still being in mainland China as the documentary also talks of. Mabel Chung and Alex Law kept the story close um, to them. The, this wasn't a project that uh, left them um, right after they um, completed the edit or anything and they made uh, the film A Tale of Three Cities based on the lives of Charles and Lily Chan. While we made that uh, show, by the way, Traces of a Dragon, I for some reason never looked up uh, his English name. And his English name was Charles. and Because uh, uh, it, it never really was stated in Traces of a Dragon. Like, uh, here's no, Charles. No. Yeah. Uh, because you just knew him as Jackie Chan's father with his uh, trademark, uh, you know, hat and pipe and um, his uh, sort of... Uh, uh, storytelling grand self uh, that he was because he, he, he knew how to tell a story because uh, he sure lived a story, a, li- a life story. Big personality, that guy. Yeah, that's know. for sure. Uh, so uh, this uh, story uh, got uh, to us. You know, we got to experience uh, quite a bit of this uh, watching the documentary, but the Mabel Chung and Alex Law clearly experienced growing ambitions to make it into a big feature film for the masses. Uh, and uh, that led to a tale of three cities with, again, Lao Qingwan starring as uh, Fang Daolong, as his uh, name uh, was uh, before he changed his uh, name. And also mainland actress Tang Wei as Chen Yurong. And we're not going to do a uh, entire bio on her, but it's worth mentioning that Tang Wei and... Uh, 
she had turbulent years as an actress, which started with her first film that I've yet to see, because it's just one of those things. She was selected to co-star with uh, Tony Leung, Leung Chiu in Ang Lee's film from uh, 2007 called Lost Caution. You know, they had a massive sort of uh, search for a, a new talent, so over 10,000 hopefuls auditioned for that role. Uh, she played a character inspired by the story of an executed spy, and she she put in the work, learning the proper dialect for the role, and eventually won the Golden Horse Award for Best New Performer. That's the Taiwanese uh, Golden Horse Award. But being a sexually explicit film, um, and you know, and despite its success, because it was released in sort of the wake of its release, China's state administration of radio, film, and television ordered a media ban due to the explicit uh, content and uh, members of uh, of uh, that uh, that uh, organization or whatever uh, soft they were su- subsequently censured for allowing the film's release in the first place in uh, China uh, and the media ban uh, therefore involved uh, like for instance if Tang Wei appeared in print ads those uh, were removed or would be removed crazy uh, absolutely crazy so so she lost uh, this endorsement for a skincare product um and an upcoming uh, starring role in a period film called A Warrior and a Wolf went to actress Maggie Q instead. And uh, Tang Wei essentially was blacklisted for a couple of years. Um, her next role was in 2010's Crossing Hennessy, opposite uh, Jackie Chung, directed by uh, Ivy Ho. And uh, she's now a veteran of uh, 16-plus films, including the South Korean sci-fi fantasy Wonderland by Kim Tae-young, one of the directors of Memento Mori, and also her husband. Ah, oh, okay. Memento Mori is uh, part two of the classic girl school horror South Korean cinema uh, series. Uh, Whispering Corridors, Memento Mori, Wishing Stairs, and things like that. So um, There you go. Fun fact of the day for your kids. I've been doing a podcast series on that uh, on that particular series. And Memento Mori, I think, is the strongest one. At the time of recording, uh, Wonderland uh, is uh, set to go onto Netflix globally, except in South Korea and, and, and China, where it will get a theatrical release in the latter half of uh, 2021. Uh, speaking to easternkicks.com in 2015, Mabel Chung talks a little bit about the journey uh, to the screen for A Tale of Free, T- a Tale of Free Cities. She said Traces of a Dragon, um, the documentary, was about family, but she really wanted to expand on the story of the father and the mother. Uh, the love story that started as one about a spy and an opium smuggler. Uh, the contrasts in their characters appealed to her. Uh, one being very empathetic as a man and her being gentle as a mother, but also a renowned gambler when in her element. The movie really d- doesn't touch upon that, but but she was quite an accomplished uh, gambler, as a matter of fact. Uh, she was one tough cookie, that lady was. But she she was ultimately a woman that wanted to support and protect her family, so she had to make choices, I suppose, including smuggling. Uh, so latching on to all of that, Mabel felt there was a story to be told about this generation during this turbulent time. Her parents' generation, for instance, uh, people who fled to and shaped modern Hong Kong. But Mabel sort of seared in on her own mother at first. To, to, she asked her to tell her story, because every person who experienced and survived war had their story. But uh, time sadly ran out on documenting this, since uh, Mabel's mother passed in uh, 2003. Um, she personally felt that she was a bad daughter that didn't set aside enough time to 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 document her mother's uh, story so mabel um tried to find uh, or rather she found other subjects to tell this particular story in this uh, framework and having befriended charles chan during the making of traces of a dragon and sharing a passion for drinking and eating the two uh, hung out uh, hung out more and more and the stories were told uh, to an enough extent where mabel felt it was time to put 
pen to paper and uh, let Alex shape a tailor for it, a tailor free cities. Uh, she said Jackie Chan didn't require any input because most of this was still new to him anyway. And uh, at the same time, he didn't want to be seen as the driving force behind a family drama about the family mm. history he didn't know of just shortly before. Like this was new to him while they were making traces of a dragon so he felt like well I, it's it's still relatively re- recent family history to me so i i'm, I'm not going to be here and um, tell you how to do it so he gave uh, mabel and alex uh, his blessing to go and create their way uh having the story told firsthand meant mabel didn't have to ad- invent much drama uh, she stuck could stick to much of the same beats of the two meeting reuniting later and uh, that meant real life events were being told uh, um, however the intricacies of them developing romantic feelings for each other uh, you know was never really something Charles looked back on in flowery detail so you know the romantic connection was something she and Alex Law had to sort of fill in and invent and materialize and dramatize to a degree which I think is evident in the film that uh, yeah uh, but but that's what that's nothing new in terms of how you create films and uh, no 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 and I'm sure she asked but he was probably like well I'm, I don't have much to say about it in terms of those details I can tell you when uh, about the time when I was shot in the leg want to hear that story yeah. again <laughs> <laughs> that's the cooler story <laughs> which is in the film and in the yeah. documentary he uh, either shows the bullet wound or talks of uh, how he was shot yeah. so that document that, that story is immortalized in the documentary traces of a dragon uh, all well and good uh, and uh, that despite the long road uh, to the screen box office wise it was in the words of kevin ma an absolute embarrassment such a shame yeah Furthermore, said it was never meant to do well in Hong Kong, but it made chump change in China. Its opening day, which was on a Thursday, was so bad that it lost half its screenings by Sunday the same week. And it was pretty much gone from theaters next weekend, and, which is embarrassing for a film released by a powerhouse like the Huayi Brothers. And it pretty much destroyed Mabel Chung's future in co-productions. And yes, she hasn't directed, directed since. Such a shame. Such a shame. It's a money game. It's an industry yeah, and uh, it it's a money game. Uh, I didn't find box office listings that only included the Chinese films and the Hong Kong films. Uh, uh, so they, I only found listings that included um, uh, Hollywood films and Western films as well. And uh, amidst all those, uh, A Tale of Three Cities was number 167 in China and on spot 109 in Hong Kong. So yeah, it uh, took a beating uh, financially. It had a good amount of nominations at the Hong Kong Film Awards, including Tang Wei in the Best Actress category, as well as the Cinematography, Art Direction, Costume and Makeup Design, but did not end up winning. Uh, this was the year when the controversial 10 years won Best Picture. Uh, Choi Hak won Best Director for taking, taking off Tiger Mountain 3D. Aaron Kwok won uh, Best Actor. It's really 3D, that movie. If you didn't know it, <laughs> it's going to show, it, show, show, show itself that it's 3D. Uh, Aaron Kwok won Best Actor for Port of Call. And Best Action that year went to Nick Lee for his work on SPL2. I don't know offhand how crowded the action category was but regardless he won for spl2 as for short opinions in the review stage here here i'll do my first and you can share yours i i can definitely see it's fast track to a degree this romance to you know get the two subjects together get the romantic brew uh, going that the film is going to uh, you know live and die by and uh, therefore it's not a deep examination of china's turbulent times it's a romantic it's a romantic film but i really have no huge problem with that because i find 
that Mabel and Alex going back to romantic simplicity without the needs for bells and whistles historically and politically was compelling to me. Uh, Casting helps. And uh, while it's not an underrated classic or anything, I found myself being moved to a degree because I think Mabel still commands a romance and the actors bring an understanding of what a romance should be like and feel like. So I don't think this is material that's beneath them, but it's not another an autumn's tale. But And maybe it's nostalgia speaking, Tom, but I found myself being moved by the romance. I simply was. I, I found this compelling. But but I don't think it would have been the same if the actors didn't click. And to, to be honest, I think it, I think it, it does. Okay, yeah, man. yeah, I completely agree with you, man. I mean, it's the kind of the crux of the film, really, their relationship. And if it had been two actors, actor and actress, that, that hadn't quite worked, then I think the film wouldn't have worked. But the fact that they do get on so well and they do have that chemistry, uh, you know, makes it just a place to watch. I mean, it's, I think it's really well made, really solid, if not, you know, a fantastic movie. Um, if you've seen the documentary and know the story, the, the structure's in place. So you're really just kind of watching for those fleshing outs of certain um, moments between the two. I feel like that you know Lan Chi Ying and Tang Wei both give fantastic performances. Did you say Lao Ching Ying? <laughs> Did I say Lan Chi Ying? Yeah, it's like a Lao Ching Ying, like he's, he's back from the dead and he's in Lao Ching Wan's body. <laughs> I wrote Lam Ching Ying here. <laughs> that's all. That's I'm sorry, I didn't mean to. But, uh, I think I've been watching Mr. Vampire too much. Lao Ching Wan and Tang Wei both give uh, fantastic performances. What I perceived from the documentary it's based upon offer up quite accurate characterizations of Fang and uh, Chen, respectively. Yeah, I mean, it's it's um, it's a movie that obviously looks at history somewhat, and obviously it has impressive destruction uh, at the top of the movie, images of determined motherhood, but uh, obviously very early peril as well. But uh, in the beginning, it cuts back and forth a little bit in time. So, boom, we're in Hong Kong in 1950s, and and you see. He's never going to lose it, I think, but I'm always in awe of his commanding presence. That is, that is Lao Ching Wan, as he as he is in the in the kitchen in the beginning of the movie, and uh, and uh, it's 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 very nice to see him. Just uh, he still got it, and he's uh, one of the premium dramatic actors out of Hong Kong here in a mainland movie. He is dubbed, which is uh, might be. I'm just saying might. It might be uh, because uh, dialects need to sort of match up. Alternatively, he looks like he's performing in Mandarin, but he might not be quite there to have it be in sync sound. Yeah. So he is dubbed, yeah. but not distractingly so. And everyone around him seemingly is in sync sound. So they do they do that a little bit canned, a little bit live. But regardless, he's still uh, effortless. And um, they, they have to be frank with each other in this part of the movie about each other's circumstances. Uh, frank about her moving decisions for their future. And I find it very endearing slash funny that Charles apparently swore like a sailor, but he couldn't uh, he couldn't read and write, so he had to dictate letters to someone else. But he dictates the letters to to Chen Yurong in a profane manner because that's the only way she'll know it's him. <laughs> <laughs> and he's really profane. F bombs this, F bombs that. <laughs> it's uh, it's really good. Yeah, there's some kind of quite subtle comedic beats throughout the film that. You know, it's not it's not a comedy, but there is a few beats here and there that really work well within the kind of story. As as you were saying, Ken Lam Ching Ying, uh, <laughs> Big Sean. He just he's just a reliable presence always, you know. And I think he's a hypnotizing actor, and no matter what he's doing, he's he's always solid. And I feel like 
sells everything he's doing. I think here as well, just sells that character. Well, you know what? This movie features sentimentality and melodrama, and that's its challenge to not overdo that. And I think it certainly never really does that. It keeps it reined in, the actor's help and the the, the veteran writer and director help, because even sentimentality about uh, Tang Wei having to leave her children behind as she smuggled to Hong Kong, it, it's tragic, but it's 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 reined in to a degree where it's not where it's not sappy. It's not melodramatic. It's kind of just works. Yeah, it's kind well. of matter of fact because it's not followed yeah. by this the the world's biggest crane shot just because we're making a mainland Chinese movie. Money, money, money. Like it's still it's still reined in in the moments that are small uh, despite the chaos uh, around them. And uh, even though this movie uh, isn't a war movie or anything, but uh, I think uh, you you need to tap into the fact that um, when the Japanese uh, bombed uh, bombed uh, Shanghai, I suppose. Uh, there, there, there's going to be gory effects of that, and uh, that's technically very well handled. Uh, it's dramatically effective because children are involved. They get some really good little criers, which uh, <laughs> they they look like they were the saddest kids uh, in the world as uh, directed. Like your parents are dead, like, the tears just come flowing. <laughs> Uh, but but destruction take loved ones, you know, and um, that's uh, it's really effective. I mean, they have an action they have action director Stephen Tungwai here, which I'm sure handled these uh, little sequences uh, to a degree. But um, whatever she dips into that, Ma- Mabel doesn't feel like uh, insecure as a, a previous maker of small films now having to make a big destruction. It it's really effective, and there are some uh, lingering disturbing uh, images here as uh, as we see more of that bombing sequence, you know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's uh, the action. I mean, it's not really action packed, but the kind of the way that they handled the kind of the moments of war or the moments of you know kind of battle is 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 really well done. Definitely, again, like the drama, it works well within the the context of the film. It's quite personal. It doesn't feel very overblown or melodramatic. It feels quite personal. And you know what key is to um, we we see a lot of Tang Wei here, and uh, you know if you she, she's an incredibly pretty woman but you you need a good actress to make you believe that this is a, a determined mother she can still be pretty but uh, it can't be super glamorous either so and she's a very young mother too and i think she anchors the mother figure well that that scene where they meet as she tries to smuggle opium it's i liked it because it's it's out of desperation it's understandable enough and she has a determination on her face she's not a criminal she she wears that sort of face and skin very well of a determined mother but not a determined sort of angry mother or yeah de- or desperately or it's not desperately melodramatic guy but i just think she's sort of she merges into the role of a young young mother and it's believable enough within the confines of a very solid classically romantic story you know what i mean definitely yes yeah, she, she gives uh a performance which is or at least the characterization is you know tough but without being too cartoony you know it it, it works really well but she's still got that kind of vulnerability there and, and still the romantic parts of her character or the romantic interactions with uh, between the two leads again works really well in that area as well so it's a very kind of multi-layered performance i think it, it could be you know, considering, you know, the material, uh, it could be a, a bit kind of characterish, but um, not character, sorry, caricature-ish. Yeah, and, and clawing a sappy and melodramatic if it's not handled, so sort of right. And it's a thin line sometimes. 
Yeah, definitely. But she, you know, I think she kind of uh, walks that line really well and doesn't kind of slip into that kind of, uh, you know, coming off as, as a bit false or coming off kind of as a film character. It feels like a very real you know, person. Yeah, and she she doesn't turn small either, just because Fang Daolong has caught her. She still sort of stands her ground, but she she's not, uh, you know, spitting in the face of authority. But she she doesn't turn small, and yeah. uh, th- th- there's a rather affecting uh, handling here of uh, M- Mabel, not just in their interaction as they're uh, sort of in that makeshift interrogation room, where he decides mm. that uh, I'm not going to arrest you. Because yeah. uh, there's a very effective little, again, not cloying dramatically, sappy dramatically, cut to the fact that uh, Lao Ching-Wan's wife uh, is in need of opium for pain relief. And yeah. he, lo- he loses his wife, as a matter of fact, which is you know, a true story as well. And Mabel doesn't go, uh, she doesn't punch to get an effect. And you got Lao Ching-Wan here to solidify that as well. And I, I like the beat where we see Lao Ching-Wan cry for like two seconds. And then that scene is over. That's all we need. It's fantastic because they show restraint with it as well. Um, I say, I mean, at this point, you know, they're both seasoned veterans of filmmaking. So it's a very kind of shorthand um, when it comes to just little pieces of editing like that, you know, little pieces of kind of structure. It's just fantastic. But you never know sometimes when, when feel, small filmmakers get a big canvas and it can get a little bit lost in the shuffle, but... Thankfully, for me, it never really did. I mean, it has big historical strokes and technical excellence, but intimate moments are still convincingly uh, done, Re- really convincingly done. And uh, um, and it is not overwhelming in terms of following the story either, because some story beats are quick. Uh, you know, that little stint of him as an assassin, he's caught by the Japanese and he's forced to witness executions of uh, his uh, both his sort of fellow troop but uh, I remember mm. a story in the documentary or a story on um, Wikipedia there, there, there's actually quite a big story on Charles Chan on Wikipedia if you want to find out more but he, spe- he speaks about being forced uh, by the Japanese as a prisoner to watch public executions you know they, they, they took them to squares and what have you and just watched them shoot people in the head right there and there yeah. just to break them down and uh, I think uh, that that's a variation of of those things and it's a little theme in the movie that you you can see that they bring some events closer to each other to get the dramatic effect uh, there's a latter scene where you know Lao Ching Wan get, uh, there's an assassination attempt on his life shortly after him and uh, Shen Yurong depart and I think that's a case of them closing the gap between those events to, to get uh, to get a dramatic effect I, I don't mind it at all. I just uh, I know a little of the story in the back of my head and I don't. And I, I thought to myself, I don't think it happened like just as soon as they said goodbye, but I realize why it's done in the way it is. Uh, There'll be a slight, slight dra- dra- dramatization there to kind of, you know, make the film more, more filmic, you know? Uh, the bonding over uh, drinking is uh, rather lovely between them. Uh, they, they, you, you, you know, you, you get to know their attitudes. Uh, it's very enjoyable. And uh, that was the scene where I noticed truly that, oh, he is dubbed. He's clearly speaking Mandarin. He's dubbed. And my, one of my pet peeves is when they decide to dub the whole thing, you know, canned audio around. But I really appreciate it from a technical point of view. Lao Ching Wan may be dubbed. Tangway is definitely sync sound. I think Elaine Cam was sync sound as well. And those technical qualities, they're, they're to my liking, to be honest. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, but, but it's really enjoyable. It's a small, small scene. 
as well. I uh, I, I like that they uh, <laughs> I like that they give their children uh, alcohol, but <laughs> it, it's more about um, learning a uh, little bit about learning the ways of life. Uh, yeah. I, I think she says that I'd like uh, my kids to be able to identify which bad men are good and which bad men are bad. Meaning yeah. that it's okay that, that they have a not a drinking problem, but uh, drinking is not this mortal sin or anything, for instance. So there's a lovely reaction on the, on the kids' faces, which made me think that, what did they give those kids when they feel that? Because they really react like... It feels very real, like, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. It feels a bit kind of, not spur of the moment, but it feels like a bit unstaged, um, unplanned, which is, uh, which is really good. I think it adds to the... Uh, the funniness of the scene. And don't forget there were cocktails, Ken. You know what I mean? There's alcohol and chili. <laughs> oh, yeah, that was it. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, if I didn't spot it earlier, I think that scene is a good scene where you can see Lao Chihuan and Tang Wei grow as performers and the scene is designed for them to get on as persons as well. And those are, I've spoken about it so many times that it looks criminally simple. It isn't. But but I like when it comes off as that um, that uh, you you get interaction right, and that is the backbone of the movie, and that can carry you all the way through really until you do yeah. another good scene like that. And they do actually a few good, <laughs> a few more like good such iconic scenes of romance and getting on uh, throughout the movie. Um, because if that wouldn't have worked, then we would have had like this uh, expensive looking but sort of stale film, and that wouldn't have been good enough. Definitely, because it looks beautiful, but it's got a lot of heart as well. And I think um, I think this, the cinematography of the film is is lovely as well. It's it's drab in parts, but I think the drabness really sells the quite oppressive times or a characters living in. But yeah, it has a very um, kind of rich autumnal color palette, like yellows and blues and browns. And yeah, I just think it it adds to the kind of mood of the film and and, and really helps it. Really helps kind of sell the, sell the drama. Yes, yeah, cinema tends to um, both be overprocessed nowadays because of digital, but also stick to an unnatural color scheme throughout the entire movie. I mean, I watched the Eight Hundred a few weeks ago, the big Chinese uh, war epic. It's good, but it's all green. It's all green yeah. throughout the whole yeah. thing. So it's a bit, it's a bit distracting. Yeah. So, um, but 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 still, uh, it 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 shows up more when you watch like clips and trailers oh my oh man is that green and then you watch the two hours of it yeah it's fine but uh, i like a mixture as uh, as in this definitely case. yeah definitely i mean if we look at further romantic beats uh, i don't know what you thought but uh, i the more they um got into the story of um them being separated again like the whole beats about Dao long riding buses in hopes of finding her those i take with me hugely because a scene like that is louching one looking off camera somewhere and you have louching one there to sell the fact that he misses her like crazy yeah and it's heartbreaking that he's not with her and louching one is not the actor that's going to <laughs> no but he he he's he's just his face and he's there you know yeah the nomination is secured <laughs> through that <scene. laughs> yeah no of course of course very subtle you know sells it in a very very subtle way very believable way like you know he always does and i think it's probably getting a bit older as well maturing as an actor you know you don't really have to push as hard as you did in terms of you know your actions um i think and and he's someone you know prime example of that 
Very much so. so uh, but but you know, in general, what what were those the more memorable moments? Those uh, you know, the 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 one on ones, the longing, the the subsequent one on ones when when it's all going really well and the connection is secure. Like, is that what you sort of took away most from the movie, rather than the political and war turmoil? I think so, man. Yeah, as I said, I mean, I think that stuff's all good. But the war kind of setting is really just... It's just set dressing, isn't it, for the relationship and the story between the two characters. Um, and I think that drama between them... Um, but not really between them, but the drama that unfolds around them that obviously splits them apart and then brings them together and splits them apart. I think it's you know it's powerful and I think it builds and builds. And just when you think the story's settled, it pushes the narrative and the suspense just that little bit more. I mean, we get historical aspects here and glimpses of the Chinese Civil War, but I'll readily admit that I'll never be able to wrap my head around it because it's uh, something that's hard of me to to take in. But there's a reason, one, I needed to do a ton of research on the Song Sisters episode, but also that we had Paul Fox there because that is something he's better at, putting the political context there and talking of the political figures. But in this uh, case these aren't political figures and we can attach to their stories as uh, persons however idealized it might be however fast-tracked it might be uh, because we want them to reunite uh, you know uh, and, and following that uh, uh, following that drama is is okay even if you know as i said the assassins following him after they've departed for the night and he shot in the leg at that point i don't think for a second those things happen in the same night but i know they happen and this is a movie let's tweak a few things without being disrespectful and uh because it did happen he, he did get sh- uh, shot in the leg i have no problem with that i only know it because again i've seen the documentary most people haven't so therefore that story beat works anyway i think arguably i th- i think so and yeah i wonder how it would be to see this film without you know viewing the documentary because i think it would still work just as a you know, a fantastic kind of drama, love story, you know, without any knowledge of kind of what it's depicting. I really like the reuse of the Traces of a Dragon theme song as well. It's a beautiful cue, and I think it works here as well as it did uh, in that film. Yeah, some further details. Uh, there's a lovely little sequence, probably my favorite in the movie, after robbing the pawn shop uh, because uh, they, they want to get belongings back to uh, to, to Shen Yurong. Uh, they, they, they're all uh, like the gang, uh, uh, her and uh, I believe her sister, but regardless, uh, they're, they're, they're set to go into this fancy hotel on, on a big night out, but they go on the opposite roof. It's a lovely little classically romantic sequence of it's New Year's Eve. They're dancing, they're smiles, they're listening to Nat King Cole. I had to look that up. It's Nat King Cole. Uh, <laughs> you, hear, you, you heard the lyrics. Uh, it, uh, it's not an original, but uh, it sounded like the, uh, Nat King Cole. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a sap. I'm, a, I'm, an, old, I'm, a, I'm an elderly person. I'm, I'm a sap. You know, <laughs> when, he, when he finally gets to put the heirloom necklace on her, like the pendant on her, and where he's, when they're dancing, and he says, it was always meant for you. That got to me. That, that that got my heart beating for a few more for a few more days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, it's not dead yet. I can still feel something. <laughs> it's, yeah, mate. It's, it's 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 really lovely, and I feel like it. It almost like the film doesn't. It shouldn't. Not sure. It shouldn't have to be that good, but it could have not been that good. You know what I mean? They could have just banged it out and probably sold a few tickets based on kind of what it's you know based on. 
Um, but the fact they kind of pushed and went for these quite sweet moments, um, I think it you know really elevates the film. That scene in particular, uh, I thought was uh, absolutely lovely, and, it, and it's lit and shot in a very classic classic manner as well. Yeah, and it, it it's, fantastic. I mean, this scenario doesn't mean that there's um, huge bursts of extended happiness, uh, even in that scene, even that, in that day they witness uh, executions on the street. So it means like they, they, this isn't a stable place. Uh, New Year's Eve was for like an hour, and it was lovely that, that we all got that, but. Um, we we can't stay and obviously it leads to yeah. some further drama that we won't spoil uh, but um it, it doesn't entirely make up its story obviously because uh, they did end up together so um but wh- whether or not you think this is a as a viewer is a valid uh, depiction of uh, at that times political and war turmoil that's up to you i i didn't that was slightly in the background and i watched this for a well executed Romance that wouldn't have been well executed had we not had uh, Lao Ching Wan and Tang Wei. And I think that there's a sizable age difference between them, but I never felt that, to be honest. No, no, me neither. No, me neither. Me neither. I mean, it, it, it probably helps the fact that, you know, he looks 24, but <laughs> as you said, man, yeah, I didn't, I didn't feel that for a second either way. When it works, the pairings, it really does, and it really does fly in uh, Mabel and Alex's uh, Films. There are there are cases where it doesn't. Um, you know, Leon Lai and Xu Chi. That wasn't the me- most memorable pair up that the two did. I mean, mm. it, it might have felt that way when they made City of Glass, but I don't think it panned out necessarily. Yeah. And it really proves that you do uh, need to have a good pair. And uh, but but ultimately, I think they're they're doing their job as makers of romantic stories here, and uh, it can coexist with a violent, turbulent past, uh, and it might not be an exemplary depiction of everything that it does but i i, I really took uh to heart the sweeter aspects of the story and, and that it wasn't cynical in the end uh, we we know they yeah. obviously yeah. got together in hong kong and um, uh, both died in their elder years and they were still together um uh, he died a few years after traces of a dragon i think she died during the making of traces of a dragon she's in it but uh she was clearly um quite uh, frail and old uh, at that point so very sad yeah I hope they get to make more movies because they still have it in them. Me too. Yeah, we do. They don't need to complicate matters with um, voiceover symbolism, talking of circles. Just tell a good romantic story. (laughs) You don't want that, are you trying to say? (laughs) I prefer like a triangle film or a (laughs) rectangle film. Something like that would be, you know, much more interesting. Yeah. Fun fact, by the way, do you remember Lao Ching Wan? kind of uh, chased or fought Jackie Chan in Police Story 2. What a full circle. He's playing his father. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course, of course. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I think he, along with someone else, is like an undercover cop, or they don't know he's an undercover cop because he has his moustache and glasses yeah. on. So there, there's a little scuffle there. Uh, uh, Lao Ching Wan wasn't there to be uh, a fighting opponent, but but yeah, he uh, came in there in uh, 1987, 1988, um, haircut and uh yeah so uh so yeah we've come 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 quite far (laughs) and my final note uh, elaine cam uh always reliable support playing your own mother she's uh never bad in any movie she's very reliable to have Uh, she's been around for decades now and always a great veteran uh, supporting actress um, playing uh, your own so quite uh she's quite resistant to the um to the uh, to the marriage that um 
they want to make uh, happen. So that's her kind of role, but uh, always uh, always great to have. She's one of those actresses that uh, she's in the movie for a few minutes and can still score nominations because she's, she's so good. So that's the end of my notes, buddy. Uh, I was satisfied. Um, and uh, So yeah, uh, anything else you want to share? Completely agree with, with everything you said, bud, and I'd, I'd wholeheartedly recommend the film. You know, it just without the kind of historical um set into it or the kind of autobiographical set into it um autobiographical biographical uh set into it just as a great kind of romantic drama um with a couple of fantastic or you know handful of fantastic performance contained within but yeah i've got a couple more notes uh, i think Lau's hat game is on point for the duration of the film much like the real man's performance is based upon of course i've also got this one's for you ken um so jackie's mom's name is chen yu rong she's great but i much prefer her sister chen me right okay what do you reckon what are your thoughts on that N- none really okay cool we can move on. That That's was really fine. stupid. That's it's absolutely fine. <laughs> it's absolutely fine. It's okay. I wrote that myself. I gotta tell that to Kevin. <laughs> yes. It's a movie that uh, actually doesn't need to mention Jackie by name. They mention a boy that was born and uh, yeah, yeah, and what his name meant, but uh, they don't say his name was Jackie Chan. But nope, he's um, he's referenced. But it's not. Uh, there's no need to mention Jackie or put Jackie in the movie at all. I like that. I like the fact that yeah, probably it was a good idea that he didn't get involved because it, it might have taken away from the film itself. Yeah. You know, there was kind of maybe a cash in, but it, it's it's definitely not. And I think um, it, it would have been every so. opportunity to do like a uh, like a thirty second like interview at the top of the yeah, movie. Yeah, like, of course. I remember the story that my father told to me, and then fade from Jackie to blah blah blah. Uh, you know, it, it would have been easy to sort of like Jackie's in this movie, uh, put him in the yeah. corner of the poster, but no. I think it works, you know, perfectly without him. And who knows why this didn't fly in China? I mean, um, it's interesting. Yeah, it's very interesting. I, I don't know how how Tang Wei sort of uh, was um, perceived after the media ban if she had trouble getting traction in China. Possibly, yeah, something to do with that, man. Something to do with that. But I think I think kind of tonally, it doesn't really feel feel like a kind of a mainland Chinese film from this time period for me certainly not a rah 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 type of time uh, with uh, with nationalism at the forefront that's it it's not pushing the kind of nationalism angle either or the political angle it doesn't feel like it's ever pushing that for a second it's just kind of very matter of fact so yeah maybe maybe that it didn't deserve it it, it deserved a mid-link box office i think that that would be well, well fair fair but not a like a complete uh, absence of audience um definitely would yeah it deserves a lot more um you know and, and as i hope that you know mabel and alex can kind of get more work and something else will happen for them because i feel like it's it's a bit of a shame that you know this one film has kind of ruined uh their career possibly yeah it's um at this point i don't know if they, they always took their time but uh, i think they're, they're more reliant on a mainland market now uh yeah. than um, and, and hong kong isn't necessarily a place to get something made but you know i i hope um because they they, they still have um, creative chops in them that are, that are honed and uh, still um shop so um uh, even if this movie is six years old i don't think they um they stop being in that mindset in that mode you know of uh, making they they want to make they want to think they want to express they want to create we'll see 
the movie is available. Uh, see, in, no, not in HD. It was never issued on Blu-ray, as far as I could see. Uh, it was only issued on DVD in Hong Kong and Taiwan. But both editions are available in English subtitled. So obviously, that's uh, the one to go for. So before we sign off, I'd like to announce that we'll be uploading a special website exclusive bonus episode along uh, episode alongside this one. And, and it was will only be available on podcastonfire.com. We've mentioned this in the past, uh, but I want to um, repeat it. First of all, me and Tom will discuss Samohung's Moon Warriors. And how does that connect to this one? Well, as we found out, I didn't know, as we found out as uh, Hong Kong Legends interviewed Mabel Chung and Alex Law for their special edition, they worked on Moon Warriors to a distinct degree. They directed many... Uh, narrative and dramatic scenes, among other things, while Samo oversaw the whole shebang, you know, uh, and therefore get the credit. And that's an interesting thing to experience and listen to from from makers' perspective that this was the way Hong Kong films were made. Uh, it was a collect- collective effort, with one sort of getting the main credit. Uh, of it all, which is not to say that Samo didn't do extensive work on the movie, but he needed to have uh, and wanted to have sort of a sharp dramatic drive underneath the uh, the wuxia uh, high flying stuff. And in my opinion, he certainly did. Uh, these were the makers to make good drama scenes with Anita Moy and Andy Lau and so forth. And and there's some fantastic stories about uh, Maggie Chung's uh, uh, inclusion in this movie. Don't think for a second she was there for weeks. And uh, taking bets now, uh, <laughs> how how long do you think Maggie Chung was on set making Moon Warriors? Um, it's it's a story it's a story and a half on how you uh, maximize uh, the little time you have with a star like Maggie Chung. I'm gonna say three days. That's that's my that's my. I, I, th- I think that, that was essentially right. It might have been a little bit shorter, as a matter of fact. We'll get confirmation on the episode itself, guys. Leave you on a cliffhanger. And, and, and it's not like uh, Maggie was uh, doing like a Bruce Willis where he just appears for one or two days and gets <laughs> a million bucks and then they shoot his, his uh, double. No, Maggie was busy. And uh, you were going to watch uh, Kenny B in that movie. Not me, but Kenny B. I'm glad Mighty you Kenny always B. make sure to you know specify uh, that it was not you, Ken. Because you, you, you I mean, it's easy to get you two confused, you know, mixed up. We, we, we both look regal. Definitely, <laughs> both got a very regal vibe. Uh, we also have, by the way, something to announce. Thanks to the suggestion of uh, pop historian Jay Lee, the new selection for the next director series. Uh, we're going to announce it right here. And it will be action-oriented and violent as we examine the films of Johnny Wang Long Way, the man with the yes. moustache. So from Hong Kong Godfather to Escape from Brothel and a few other violent films in between, so... Explosive filmography. I'm I'm very much looking forward to revisiting and checking out the ones that I haven't seen. The the first movie it did was called This Man Is Dangerous, and you believe that when you also see him in that movie and other movies. Yeah, never seen it, man. I'm really looking forward to. And then you got Hong Kong Godfather movies like yeah, Fury, yes. uh, Widow Warriors is an all female sort of girls with guns uh, film. Angry Ranger is a yes. J- Jackie Chan produced stunt showcase, very hard hitting. Uh, and Escape from Brothel is uh, a pornographic uh, movie, but um, boy, is you familiar with that film? Kat? I'm a bit familiar with it. I've seen it a little <laughs> bit. It's the uh, it, it's a hard hitting immigrant drama, but also with some goofiness, like a nude fight with Billy Chow and Sophia Crawford. And no, I didn't ask Sophia Crawford when I interviewed <laughs> her about that because I'm a gentleman. 
you know, in all seriousness, I, I remember uh, we, we talked a little bit. Um, one question I didn't have for Sophia when I interviewed her, it sort of came up as we spoke. I asked if she if she ever looked back on her stuff uh, when she put together a show reel, if she ever should put together a show reel of stuff. And she said, well, I'm good with certain stuff, but uh, some other things are a bit dodgy. And that's all I needed to know. I didn't need to push the issue anymore. You know? Say no more. Say no so, more. Uh, a lovely lady. And that, that was not the... Uh, the intent of the discussion to just focus on Hong Kong. We obviously talked to you know Power Rangers and uh, Buffy and uh, all all manner of things. So, so yeah, yeah, that's still up on the website, right, Ken? People yes, should check that out. It's fantastic. I wholeheartedly recommend it. Uh, but uh, that's uh, the plan for director's uh, series uh, bonus episode. At the same time as as you listen to this on Moon Warriors, and sometime in the future, we're going to kick off the Johnny Wang Long Way directors series. So thanks for your uh, your uh, your uh, thorough and insightful work on uh, this t- taking uh, joining me on this dram- dramatic uh, ride uh, through uh, for ups and downs we were not in agreement on all the films in this series like A Tales of Gold for instance but uh, yeah yeah it's uh, it was good to get this uh, logged uh, I uh, and it was good to get like a, a redone episode of An Autumn's Tale done I remember it, it, it was great because it wasn't just a refread of what I've written years prior i found a lot more i found a lot more cool little making a movie in new york living in new york uh, uh, making off notes from alex and mabel that sort of i can spice up that episode if do, 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 like do you remember the story of mabel working in a video store and she got to know a few of the local triads and they came into the video store because they wanted to rent the latest tv episodes I do, I do, do remember, yeah, that was... Uh, it's, it's not like a shakedown, like protection money, no, no I need the latest Condor Heroes, Mabel, do you have it? <laughs> oh, fantastic uh, story, yeah, a lot of great kind of behind the scenes um, stuff we got into during the episode, but yeah, man, in general, it's been a fantastic ride, it's been interesting to do something, or do a series based on a couple of filmmakers that, that do offer up more dramatic fare, rather than the kind of usual, you know, action or comedy, so it's been really interesting, man, been a you know, hell of a ride and looking forward to, uh, yeah, jumping into a new filmography next episode. Where Hong Kong Godfather is, 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 you know, there is a podcast in the archive. We'll, we'll talk of that in the, uh, in the episode, in the Johnny Wang episode, but it was for a short lived podcast by uh, other people. Uh, so we haven't, you and I haven't done a podcast on fire or talked of Hong Kong Godfather at all, which is a very popular action film from the last year of Shaw Brothers, uh, you know, blood goes everywhere it's gonna be a good one yeah it's gonna be a good one can't wait so uh that's uh, us for this director series on mabel chung and uh, alex law so for all your podcast on fire network needs including the back catalog for this particular directing writing and producing duo go to podcastonfire.com check out the bonus episode archive check out the moon warriors bonus episode available to you right now all the social media links in the show post uh, and also relevant links uh, connected to this uh, episode so uh, that's it i'm plugged out so i'm gonna hand over to tom to do a little plug for his podcast once more okay yeah as said before in the show guys it's at the logologs instagram twitter uh the is the website it's available on yeah itunes deezer any uh any good or bad place you get your your podcast from but yeah the instagram is kind of where we like to hang out during the off season excellent well uh 
that's us then. So uh, for those of you who follow us over to the Moon Warriors bonus episode, thank you very much for uh, taking the time. Cheers, uh, guys. But uh, regardless, this has been um, Kennedy uh, talking a tale of free cities. And uh, thank you for tuning in. So I'm going to hand over to uh, Tom to say goodbye to your kids. Thank you, Ken. It's been fantastic as usual. Have a great day, listeners, or night. You might be listening to this before bed. Have a good sleep. Enjoy yourself. Just whatever you're doing, just have a jolly old time.